funny funny story that I know won't make it anywhere because it's inappropriate. But okay. the moment you we'll started see. talking about nipples, I immediately started talk, uh, thinking about I was just finished this. Marlo, this is for you. I just finished this smutty um, <laughs> shifter book. Oh, and all of the cat shifters have a nodding vortex. Oh, which oh is, God! They, they describe as a whole bunch of nipples appearing in like a vortex corkscrew down there dingling. Oh, that's dope. But yeah. like everyone could do that. That's not a big deal. <laughs> not a big deal at all. No, it's just the way they describe like with, they're like, oh, it feels like a whole bunch of nipples, and I was like trying to envision it. That sounds horrible. <laughs> wow. Cats cats are like the worst species to like make a make a sexy book about. Yeah. Because like their penises are hooked. Yeah. Actually. It's yeah, like, but like it's not a fun time. I feel like that's a that's a feature. It's not a bug. I think ducks would be worse. Do, du- do ducks have the corkscrew penis? <laughs> okay. Like, it'd be cool. So let, let's go around. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, let's go around the table, and if we had to make an Animorphs smut novel, what oh, would be the worst Animorphs, <laughs> the worst animal to morph into to have sex? Uh, I'll go first. Well, you it, don't have it sex is a as cat. I already said it. As a general rule. That's no, BCR. you have to, Christy. You have to. This is this is my game now. This <laughs> oh, is the rule. Okay. Is it bestiality if you're all shifters, though? What? Hmm. I guess I guess it's just the books I read. The shifters make a point to never do it in their animal form. <laughs> oh, okay. Because that's <laughs> no, 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 nasty. They do it in their human form. <laughs> oh, but they still get weird nipple dicks. What? <laughs> yeah. the, the whole point is to breed their omega <laughs> so they have to oh, omega okay oh dear now we're in the now we're in the metaverse a whole lot of alpha omega now we're in the metaverse okay here we go <laughs> okay hello friends this is christy and you're listening to tales to inspire aboard. Seven months since their disbandment, Operation American Defense has been summoned by the new President of the United States, President Truman. But why has the Greenhorn President requested the hero's presence? Could the summons spell doom or boon for our heroes?
as we open this issue of Tales to Inspire, we uh, see a train barreling across the plains of the United States. And in the corner, we see a yellow box that says, Somewhere in Central United States, aboard the Union Pacific train, August 1945. And then the next panel is inside that train, and uh, where where do we go? Uh, what part of the train do we go to? Who do we see there? What are y'all doing? It has been a few days since uh, Hives showed up to collect you from the premiere of Crystal Gazer and her Operation American Defense. Um, yeah, so where do we find you now? Do we have, like, a, a, a high-priority, like, first-class train car with like a bar and stuff oh now we do look there it is <laughs> well that, that was that was me opening the dialogue to the party <laughs> oh I, yeah I, I envision like the car that you see in the hunger games movie mm. where they've got like the bar cart but you're also got like dining room and then off of that are your rooms and I was envisioning White Christmas. So we all have different yeah. different railroad movies. <laughs> different but the same. <laughs> different but the same. And I was picturing Thomas the Tank Engine. Well, I think the one of the first panels you come up on is just like the outside door of a restroom. And then you just see like little bubbles of bleh, bleh. Gwen's in there getting motion sickness. Oh boy. Oh. Trains. Poor Gwen. Oh my god, I hate trains. I hate it so much. Gwen, do you. Make it stop. Do you, do you need me to get you something? Uh, just go away. Don't, don't look at me. Are you sure? I feel like uh, Omission knocks on a door. Man, we have other customers or clients who might want to use the restroom if you can uh... screw off milk <laughs> why is milk always working <laughs> wherever <laughs> we are now <laughs> you in a conductor's outfit <laughs> <laughs> it just works out as soon as i assume as soon as you talk i know who you are so. yeah okay i was like that makes sense nope gwen's just dying in the bathroom Okay, uh, just holler at me if you need anything. Okay, thank you. You're the best. (laughs) Um, Crystal Gazer's at the bar. (laughs) Getting turned up. Woo! I think... (laughs) I think Doc and you, or and and Crystal Gazer, are sharing, uh, I don't know, champagne, maybe? Or some sort of bubbly drink. Does does Torchbearer like come in to that car or something? Yeah, as soon as he's done checking on Gwen, he'll come in and find a seat next to a window somewhere nearby, just within the the vicinity of the bar. Could have sworn it would have been nicer to fly the whole way across the United States again, but now that I'm taking the time to slow down and ride this train like this see the whole country going by in the window it's nice to slow down don't you think I used to take trains 
regularly in Germany, though the distance was quite a bit less. This is my first time, and it's pretty nice. I guess. Time is money. I'd rather be there by now. I am apprehensive as to what it is that we are being called to do this time. Yeah, I feel like we had, we had a I feel like we had an okay relationship with Delano, but I don't know anything about this Truman. Hmm. We also divide direct orders and deserted. Yeah. Uh, as far as we know, we could be walking to the gallows or waiting to get our walking papers. To be honest, I'm not sure how well that would go over. I guess we can just enjoy the ride. And I'm in no hurry to find out. How is, uh... Miss Goodman doing? The train seems to not agree with her stomach. Mm, she's... I see. It's a bit upset with her right now. She's still in the bathroom. He raises a hand to the bartender. Uh, seltzer, please. Coming right up, mister. That's when Gwen kind of stumbles into the car. You know... Being able to phase through things, you think I'd be able to handle a damn train. I think this seltzer gets set down in front of Doc and he just grabs it and extends it out to you. She takes it. Thanks, Doc. So shortly after she walks in, um, Sister Solstice um, follows behind her, um, clearly having just come out of the bathroom that Gwen had come out of um, because she was doing her um, like what, are, what is it called what do we call it the like where I like open a door teleport? and I'm in yes my teleportation there yeah. there it is thank you um, and so I, I opened the door where I was and went inside and came out in the bathroom that Gwen had just vomited in <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least she got there after she was done. Yep. So true. Yeah, so uh, it's it's been a couple of months, I guess, since anyone has seen Sister Solstice, and she definitely was not at the movie premiere with all of you. Right. Uh, and uh, now she has appeared. Oh, my God, a little bit. You were not in there when I was in there. Were you? Um, no, not exactly. No, no. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come um, from, Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I came from the the bathroom. How did you get in the bathroom? We, well, we never saw you I get was, on the train. I was um I was um at a door and then I opened the door and I walked inside and then I walked out here. That is very confusing. Was that intentional? Um, getting on the train, yes. Coming out of the bathroom, no. So how's everybody doing? Gwen's just leaning on, um... Oh my god, I'm having a brain fart. 
I keep wow. thinking Phil. <laughs> but Torch. It's not right. Torch. Grant. Yeah. She's just leaning on him in the bar, like drinking her seltzer. Like, you look different. You cut your hair. Our girls growing up. It's good that you can join us. It's good to be well, all back together again. So, I know we're on a train going somewhere. Um, what's going on? We have been summoned back to the capital. The new president wishes to speak with us. Do you think I'm going to be in trouble? We could all be, for all we know. I think it's pretty safe to say that we're walking into some hot water. I'm sure we're fine. You will be. Yeah. Sister Solstice kind of jumps when he talks because she definitely didn't know he was there. (laughs) Um, So, um, the reason I came back, um, I kind of had this, like, vision um, that y'all might need some help. Um, things weren't looking so great. Uh, I mean, before we continue, um, since we are once again letting this child uh, fight, uh, are we going to, should we argue right now about the innocence that we are about to break, or can we just get on with it and just assume we're going to break it? I thought that was out the window when she shot Hitler. Good. Then, uh, for those who like to keep discussing it, uh, maybe don't anymore. Sorry to ruin your day, Milk. Dang. Some of us wish that things could have been different. She never should have been there. We never should have been there, really. But you're right. We have to push past it. There we go. Look at us getting along. A big old happy family. Are, are the parents done talking now? Uh, just about. I, yeah, actually, I think we're done. I like this side of you. Sassy. What is, what is it that exactly that you saw, Sister Solskis? Well, it wasn't the most clear vision, but I don't fully understand it, but there's this darkness, um, and it kind of, it comes over everything, um, and it, it takes your lives, um, and... I was getting some training on some different kinds of magic, and the the mother that was training me, she said that Torch was able to help us push the darkness back. So that's kind of all I know. Torchbearer looks like visibly shaken, hearing her lay out what she, her what she's seen with everything that Gwen and he witnessed at the university everything's kind of starting to 
come together in his head. This this vision you might have, you had then maybe more prescient than you know. We saw the the darkness back at the university. You saw it? So it's... It, it's already here? I'm afraid so. Professor Dusk and Tuskman were working together and they created this... This device. And I think... I think its purpose was to bring the darkness back into our world. And... We tried our best, but... I don't believe we were able to stop it. But you have to be able to stop it. Maybe, maybe... Maybe that's what this mother was trying to tell you. You said that they had worked with Torchbearer, but I've, I've never met them. I've never met any other. So perhaps it was Felicity Fallon, some other Torchbearer. She didn't specify. But if it was another torchbearer, you should still be able to have that memory? Yeah, maybe. But if what you're saying is true, and this is what I think it is, maybe maybe you and I could work together in some way. We could figure out how the old torchbearer, how the old tetrarch worked together to, to stop it before. And we could do that. We could stop the darkness. I hope we can figure it out in time. I do too. I do too. You said you saw a vision of the future. Yes. lost? Died? Yeah, the the darkness had overtaken everybody. Well, visions are not set in stone. They are merely one possibility. At least that's the way I view it. Yeah, and I feel just the concept of darkness is a ambiguous and silly notion so I'm curious as to what this could be because I've seen some horrific things and what would constitute darkness for your visions is it based on your beliefs your religion what yes it's it's a part of it's a part of the echo of creation creation what do you mean it's it's hard to explain but in our religion um we have this this concept of of the creation of the world and um before the world was created there was darkness and and then when the world was created the darkness was pushed away but now it seems that the darkness wasn't fully 
taken away and so the darkness is is coming back it the darkness was just was just pushed back but but now it's gained power and it's really hard to explain some sort of primeval force of shadow and darkness yes that that sounds kind of like what it is I have to see it then to believe it there's a lot of things I would not have believed before joining this team and seeing some of the things that we've done and seen but at this point I will believe anything the darkness doesn't scare me nearly as much as the darkness of humanity so I beat it back once I can do it again in the darkness of humanity is right here in America. I've been living with darkness my whole damn life. I, I believe you. I believe that what you saw is true. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is metaphorical, real, something in between those two. I don't know. Let's go. Let's fight it. I'm sure that's why Truman's calling us. Better together than alone. Sister Solstice kind of cracks a smile at that. I believe you're right. Plus, like you said, we got our sunshine, and I and Gwen just puts her hand against uh, Grant's face. See? Pure light. Then she turns and throws up again. No. <laughs> I, think you, I think you see this sweet moment, and behind them, you see, like, Doc and Crystal Gaze are just like, <laughs> Grow up. Why? <laughs> oh, man. Sister Solstice is looking at him like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That know. is a thing now. Oh, and this is a thing. Oh, and yes. Oh. Surprise. I guess trauma bonding? I have no idea. Honestly. Before we end this scene, um, Doc is going to kind of go closer to Sister Solstice and just um, speaking of trauma bonding um, could I speak with you over here for a moment um, oh, okay and he he just walks over to like a side table farther up the car and sits down um I just forgive me this is not my strong suit um talking to people yes <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing after the events in Munich well I mean it's kind of badass what I did he kind of looks a little crestfallen at that answer for a second Yes, it it was it was necessary. Um, I only regret that you had to be the one who pulled the trigger. I put the blame on myself for that. I made a mistake, and I failed in what I tried to do. And you 
were forced to make up for that failure. So, I... I am sorry for that. Thanks for apologizing, but nobody was really in control in that moment. It just happened the way it happened. You're right, you're right. But still, I... You are young, and it is not... It should not, though it is now. It should not have been your place. And I... I know there is not much that I could have done differently, but I do feel that as someone who is trying to play the hero, keeping innocent young lives out of these situations is part of that, and I as well as... As he continues to bumble through his words um sister solstice is just gonna like stand up and walk to the other side of the table and just like give him a hug and be like it's okay and then let go and sit back down he's yeah he stops like as soon as you 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 hug him because he wasn't really looking at you at that point he was staring at the table and as soon as you hug him he just stops talking and and he kind of tenses but then kind of eases down into the hug that was very precious, and I would like both of you to roll a be there for a friend. So, uh, okay. roll, uh, roll plus your bond score with the other. Can I just say how much I love Doc is so good with kids? He's not, though. I know. Like, that is a lie. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got an eight. Uh, I got a twelve. Okay, so on a 10 plus, Carrie, you get to choose both, and uh, Occam, on a 7 through 9, you get to choose one. Uh, step back your bond clock with them by minus one. Uh, they recover one condition, their choice. I mean, I don't have any conditions, and I don't have any marks on the bond clock. So. Really? <laughs> I have. Ha- We've barely had any connect- yeah. like interactions. Well, dang, I didn't realize you didn't have any conditions marked either. No, I have nothing marked right now. And Carrie, you don't either? I have stress marked, but I'm not sure if that... Oh, you should undo your stress. Okay. It's been more than a week. Oh, wait, no, actually, you have to keep that stress because it was for your roll. It was for your push roll. That's what it was. Well, dang it. This was a completely useless <laughs> move. Can we Yeah, can but we it was a great a bond point? Can you gain a bond point? Yeah. Um, Could we just mark an advancement or an achievement? Uh, sure. You know what? I'll, I'll give you both an achievement. Uh, since neither of you have <laughs> burned any bonds with each other and neither of you have conditions, I will rule that y'all both rolled well. There should be something that you'll get out of this roll. You both get an achievement. Yeah, literally the only sequence we've been together for was the whole Hitler thing. That was literally it. I have five achievements marked already. Wow, you have five achievements. Wait, do you have five achievements marked before you do that? Oh, okay, so you should, one, reset that. And you have one thing. Now go over to the Advancement Options tab uh, and choose one of those options. Uh, Yeah, so Dr. Fusion and Sister Solstice have this moment. Uh, Is anyone else speaking with another? I'm waiting for Dr. Fusion. (laughs) 
That's oh, Marlo Comet. Like that's B as a play. <laughs> right. Also, I believe this um, unlocks my. Yes, I, I unlock my not on my watch move. Uh, it is available to open when you speak of a time when, despite all your intelligence and wit, you felt powerless and could not help or save someone. Oh. Yeah, unlock it. Unlock it. He in a... was using me. <laughs> <laughs> I for my achievement, just because I think I have to say that. Yeah, go um, on. I increased a stat by one. Okay. And so I increased my um, smash to zero instead of negative one. Oh, okay. Yeah, she beefed up. She's I, mean, I shot Hitler, so I feel like I just have some <laughs> level of smash. Yeah, yeah. You have some offensive capability. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 26 of Tales to Inspire. I'm your host, David White, and welcome to the mid-roll. Before we get back to the episode proper, we do have some housekeeping things we need to talk about. So, pull up the chair, young person. I almost used a gendered term, but pull, pull up a chair. We need to have a, a talk. Uh, as you know, we are fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. They afford us the ability to pay our performers, pay for our website hosting fees, pay for cool art for the show, and all these other cool things. But we have dipped below our $400 a month goal. At $400 a month, we are able to pay all of our performers $5 for every hour that we spend recording. Like I said, we've dipped below that goal, but we want to get back to $400 a month. So if you didn't know it, there are some pretty cool things that you can get through our Patreon. You can listen to episodes of Tales to Inspire early. You can listen to Phil and I, Phil, the voice of Torchbearer, listen or watch Justice League Unlimited episodes and geek out about them and talk about them. It's pretty fun. You can also now watch the Twilight movie along with myself, with Carrie, and with Tessa, and a new voice to the podcast, Gian, uh, as we watch Twilight, react to it, and it's kind of like a Rift Tracks situation. Like, you can turn on the movie, you press play with us, and then you put us in your ears or play us through your phone or whatever, and you just kind of watch the movie with us as we make fun of it and just kind of go through it. it. It was a blast. Twilight is like a real bad movie, y'all. There, there is no defending it. Like if you're, if you're nostalgic about it, sure. Like be nostalgic about it. Have these good feelings. <laughs> it's just so bad, but it was very fun watching it. Uh, and if you want to listen to us watch it and watch it along with us, you can give five dollars a month on our Patreon and go watch that with us. Uh, also, we're trying to get to four hundred dollars a month, so here's a little incentive for you. I've talked with Carrie and I've talked with Tessa, and they have agreed that if we get back to $400 a month, they will come back and record a continuation of the story from Mist Conceptions with Faye and with Esther. So if you want to see us revisit those characters, revisit, you know, Mohammed and Woodard and maybe even Bill, who knows? We'll see what Jaime can do if he can join us. But 
If you want to see us return to Misconceptions, please help us get to $400 a month, and we'll record that special story for y'all. And you know what? I think that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're getting $400 a month, the incentive. Um, For every... Or no, how do I want to say this? I'm sorry, y'all. I... It doesn't sound like it because I'm on painkillers right now, but I have COVID and like my brain is just like all foggy. Um, and anyways, what was I saying? I was saying, oh yes, if we get uh, the first ten or oh my goodness, the first ten new or increased pledges on our Patreon, we'll get a misconceptions or sins of the father T-shirt. You get to choose. We will mail it to you as a thank you for helping us get back to four hundred dollars a month. There's a lot of cool stuff on the Patreon. It would be really great if you could go support us, help us out, help us get back, help us be a sustainable operation once again. Well, that's it for me. Let's get back to this episode. Seeing uh, Sister Solstice and Dr. Fusion together, um, after talking about the vision, he gets kind of quiet and is kind of looking out the window again and starts to feel a a queasiness in his stomach. This very uneasy. And he thinks it might be like a nausea and stuff. And then he realizes that he still has that mask from the university that he recovered. And he realizes that's emanating this presence that's upsetting him. And it's kind of causing some undue stress. And he reaches into his uniform and pulls it out, looking at it for a bit. He stands and walks over to Dr. Fusion, where Dr. Fusion and Sister Solstice are talking. Doc, I. I don't know what to make of this. I told you that Professor Duskowitz and and Tuskman were working on a device. Yes. And as far as I know that I think that device was meant to to harness the darkness or to bring it into this world in some some way. While we were on that mission, I came across this mask. I, I think they got it from Von Veers, but I'm, I can't be sure. But it was dozens of artifacts and relics that they brought together. And they all seemed to have this energy about them. Just like this mask. Just... Holding it like this is puts my hair on end and just turns my stomach. It feels like it has this evil energy. And I think the darkness is causing that. I don't know if it's relevant at all, but I was hoping perhaps you could look at it and maybe examine it and find some way to 
to help us beat this thing. I'm not sure that darkness falls under my um, field of expertise, but I can certainly run some tests, see if it's putting off any sort of uh, radiation or I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I really don't know what to make of it, but the if the light and the dark are such opposites, and I know the light that I control is an energy, a life force. It's something that can be measured and has been, and maybe maybe the darkness is too. Maybe not so much a life force as a death force as silly as it sounds, but I really appreciate your your help. Perhaps I should with your permission, perhaps I should run some tests on your power as well. See if I can find a connection between them potentially. He talking about that immediately takes him back to Duskowitz and the Liberty Bell and everything that happened but he's kind of at his wits end and okay doc uh, I don't I don't know what you have in mind but if, it, if you think it'll help then that's what we'll do I don't know I I'm kind of grasping at straws here. Um, all I can do is methodically go through my typical process of elimination on these things. So, um, yes. Uh, after we meet with the president, we will perhaps try to set something up for that. Okay. Thank you, Doc. Do you mind if I hold on to this? Yes, of course. Uh, I'd rather not be keeping it so close to me. Okay. Uh, I think to break up the scenes with Dr. Fusion, we see um, we see Hives uh, walk in uh, into the car and walk towards Gwen. Gwen, where are you at? <laughs> She's at the bar, just forehead to the cool counter, holding her seltzer. Yeah. Uh... He he walks up with uh, like a bottle. He says, uh, uh, "I heard Torchbearer mention that you were uh, having some motion sickness. Uh, I know tequila helps see sickness. I don't know if it would help here." And he puts it on the counter. <laughs> she turns around. And she like, "Oh, hives! That's so." <gasps> Tequila. <laughs> he tenderly reaches out and touches your shoulder. Are, are you okay, Gwen? She throws up on his shoes. Oh. <laughs> Got him. He looks down at his shoes, and then he looks up at you. He says, it, it's okay. I I can always requisition some new shoes. They're government issues anyways. <laughs> she goes, you're so sweet, and like smacks his cheek. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, tequila just brought me back a little bit. Thank you. That was very thoughtful. And then she just walks away. 
<laughs> and we see a, a panel of him just standing there and he says, Yeah, it was nice talking to you too. <laughs> and then, next panel. Is there some can, weird can, tension there? <laughs> can, uh, with it, like, it's like a, like a panel of him standing there, and then in the next panel, you see Crystal Gazer go like this, and, like, up from behind, you just see her, like, leaning. She's like, Henry, why don't we get you, uh, cleaned up a little bit, honey? Oh, um, it's, it's fine. I, I have some spare shoes in my, my cabin. Room. Room cabin. And he just kind of walks off. (laughs) Can I read his mind? (laughs) Go ahead. Roll and examine. I don't want to (laughs) know. Keep it to yourself. (laughs) Glenn is blissfully unaware of how she has an effect on people. She doesn't want this. (laughs) Okay, so 2d6, right? Been a while. It's been a while. Yep, 2d6 plus your investigate. Oh, oh, wait a minute. What's my investigate here? Oh, uh, that's a 12. That's a 12. All right. So on a 10 plus, uh, you get to ask me a number of questions equal to your investigate score. Um, and then I must give you a straight answer or a solid lead. So uh, what's your investigate score? It's a one. It's a one. Okay. So ask me <laughs> one question. What do you want to know? Does hives have the hots? For our lovely Gwyn. He is so hot for Gwendolyn Goodman. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, smitten. Oh, boy. Yes. Ever since she made that advance on him at the White House. Um, <laughs> oh, right. Two years ago. Oh. He was like, oh. Um, like, because no one had ever approached him like that before. No one had been so direct before. And so he was just like. Oh, okay. I guess this is a relationship, a feeling I should pursue. Uh, but he has been very bad at pursuing it. Does he Aww. know that Grant and her are thi- Oh, How would no. he? How oh, would he, no. Occam? <laughs> Friend zone is not a thing. <sighs> I f- uh, she like, as he goes, she's like, ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> oh. What, what is it? Oh, nut and darling. Uh, she leans in. Looks like, looks like our lovely hives has got the hots for Miss Gwen. He doesn't know. I don't think about her and her and Grant. His eyes go a little bit wider. Um. Oh dear. Well, not our problem. I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yes, I'm also tired best if we retire absolutely um the sleeping quarters are they in the like adjacent yes um, okay uh, car yeah um she uh like waves goodnight to everyone and walks out um and like opens the door and waits for doc like she's like we're going together Doc uh, grabs a bottle from the bar and follows. Um, so as they're walking, um, she kind of... As I met this is a train car. I haven't been on a whole lot of trains, I'll be honest with you. I'm an American, so... Never um, been on a train. <laughs> but I know what they look like from movies. 
don't yes. know what a train car is, but I sure know my way around an automobile. I've been <laughs> on multiple trains. All right, stop right. They sound more romantic than I'm sure they are. So I imagine two people walking shoulder to shoulder is probably not a likely scenario, especially to adult people. Yeah. So um, she's kind of walking just a few steps in front of him, and she, like, stops, not abruptly, but kind of slows down and stops and looks at him and looks back towards the train car before she speaks. You ever, um... You ever see other people doing something you're doing and think maybe you're doing it wrong? No, typically I believe that they are doing it wrong. I mean, that's a point of view, I suppose. I'm not a real... I think both of us are... I don't know how to put it. I think we're both not that type of person. And she kind of gestures back towards the other train car. Um, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure I follow. Of course you don't. <laughs> Look, <laughs> they're sweet. Gwen and Grant, they're very much into each other, and that's very obvious, and I'm not saying we're not. I know we are. Believe me, I, by now I know we are. I, I just... Sometimes the way they act, I look at that and I think... Should we be doing that? Should we be that sweet to each other all the time? Hmm. I, I mean... <clears throat> my mother and father, they, um... I don't think I ever heard them say they loved each other. I don't think I ever say, saw them hug or kiss. I think we're doing better than that. My dad wasn't a very nice man, and, uh... Um, Do you want more public displays? I don't... I don't know what I want. Honestly, everyone I've ever been with, they kind of told me what to do. That's terrible. I'm a superhero. I should be stronger than that, but... I don't know. Maybe that's why I like you. Things can just be what they are. I... I've never been really one to... Well, I suppose I cannot say that. I... In a professional context, I will take control. Because if I do not, someone else will make a mistake. But in our... Romantic context... I don't feel like you make mistakes. What do you mean, make mistakes? I just mean to say, I think you're, that we both, I think that you are doing things right. I think, I think you are too. I don't need that kind of open thing. It feels, it feels showboaty. And honestly, my whole life feels like I'm, I'm showboating all the time. This is the only real thing I've think I've ever had. There's no makeup, there's no lights, there's no cameras, there's no suave actor on the other side of this. It's you. Just a suave scientist. <laughs> she um 
Because I imagine they're kind of like facing each other at this point. And she kind of like leans forward and like presses herself sort of against him and like looks up into his face um, and sort of like puts her hand like around his tie and sort of pulls him forward just a little bit and says, I think it's perfect, sweetie. And then opens the door to their room. Fade to black. Fade to black. <laughs> they take a nap. They, they take, take a, a nap. real hard nap. They play some cards. Uh, we, uh, we turn the page from that scene. Do we have uh, any other scenes on the train, or do we cut ahead to the White House? Gwen, are you sure you don't need to go lie down? I, I'm, you know what? I feel a lot better now. You know, Hive has brought me to... I'm good. I can go lay down. You want to go lay down? Let's go lay down. I think that would be good for you right now. <laughs> Just pick her up and carry her to the... Aww. The train Normally car. I would throw a fit about someone carrying me, but honestly it feels so good right now. <laughs> so, Torchbear and Gwen leave the, the dining car. And I guess that just leaves Omission and Sister Solstice in the dining car. Do do y'all say anything or? Um, Sister Solstice does think that she's alone. <laughs> she's just like sitting. She's like sitting at the bar, just kind of like looking around. Hey, you! She jumps. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Uh, I think we're on similar uh, thoughts in terms of this uh, evil. We should be very careful about how we use that word and also who you tell about this because I feel like the others are... They believe themselves heroes, but that's not the case. And I think you know better. You sometimes dream about... Actually, I had a question. How did... I wasn't there. I was elsewhere. Um, where did you shoot Hitler? Like, in the head? You ever dream about... I don't know, the skin falling off his face. The lights in um, his eyes slowly dimming. No. I probably will now. <laughs> you should. Um. Do you think there's a room on the train for me? For you, a child? I thought we already decided that, like, the whole child thing is out the window. No, your innocence is out the window, but you're still a child. I mean, I'm 15, so... Still very much a child. Mm, some time ago, I would have already been married with children, so... True, but that time was also weird and strange and very stupid. Mm, some might argue that this time is weird and strange. This time is very weird and strange and stupid. I feel like we've gotten lost. In <laughs> Did you want to go find some drugs or something to help us sleep? <laughs> um, 
no, I'll just sleep over there. She points to a bench seat table thing. Alright, well. But thanks. I'm gonna smoke this myself, I guess. She just backs up. <laughs> and I think that was the last so panel unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do some drugs, kid? Um, <laughs> my mom told me not to talk to strangers. Yeah. My mommy told me not to talk to strangers, and I forget. I literally forget you every time I'm not looking at you. <laughs> uh, so I think the last scene we see is like omission at the bar, lighting up this jazz cigarette with this sister solstice nestling into one of the uh, uh, benches uh, and then we turn the page to the facade of the White House and the yellow box says a few days later uh, at the White House, Washington D.C. And I think we have hives walking you into the Oval Office uh, and are all of you like in your superhero regalia as it were uh, or are you in civilian how how are we drawn in this scene? We were invited as our superhero team, right? Yeah. Then probably the superhero outfit. Okay. Yeah. Torch, torch is gonna torch. Torch is gonna torch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, just no shirt, suspenders, my jeans. Usual. The iconic. The iconic Ooh. omission look. Exactly. Scraggly hair. <laughs> All right, and so you you walk into the Oval Office, and the last time you were here uh, was with FDR. Uh, for omission, it was two years ago. Uh, for everybody else, it was a few months ago. Um, but already, uh, you see that some of the decorations and some of the arrangement of furniture has changed. Uh, the man sitting behind the desk is not is not FDR. It is a man with comb over, uh, balding forehead. Uh, there, there's something about him that you're, you're not sure. Um, almost like he doesn't fill up the chair like FDR did, even when he was a sicker man at the end of his life. Um, but President Truman sees you enter, uh, and he says, Oh, heroes, welcome. Please, have a seat. Thank you for seeing us, President Truman. We hope uh, to find you well. Now I'm sure you're wondering why I brought you all the way across the continent today. Um, I believe Roosevelt had a good idea putting this team together. The execution of it was not as ideal as we needed it to be. And the act of disbanding you before the war is over, I believe was a mistake. So I am here to formally reinstate you as Operation American Defense and for your first mission He takes out a dossier and puts it down on the table. I want you to kill the Japanese Emperor Hirohito. End of episode. You better end that episode. You better. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. 
We'll be back with our next episode on August 21st. If you have social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Like and follow us at Misconceptions Pod for up-to-date information about the show, behind-the-scenes pictures, and just to show us your general positive feelings about the show. We also have a Discord. You can click the link below to join our Discord so that you can chat with other friends of the show and chat with other cast members directly. We also have an email. If you'd like to contact us that way, you can email us at misconceptionspod at gmail.com. This show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to join that elite group of supporters and gain access to exclusive content, please consider joining our Patreon. The Tells to Inspire theme song was composed by Esteban Del Pino. You can find out more about his music on fiverr.com slash iam underscore w-a-k-e. Omission was played by Mitchell Wallace, who can be found at Mitch Bustillos on Twitter. Crystal Gazer was played by Marlo Bogus, who can be found at Marlo Bogwich on Twitter. Torchbearer was played by Phil Montgomery, who can be found at BMC Philanthropy on Twitter. Geiger Gwyn was played by Christy Scheidemantel, who can be found at Polish Christy on Twitter. Dr. Fusion was played by Occam Razor, who can be found at Occam Sockam Robo on Twitter. Sister Solstice was played by Carrie White, who hates Twitter and refuses to get one. And I'm David White, your editor-in-chief. You can find me at Mr. Banana Socks on Twitter. The role-playing game system used in this production was a modified version of the Worlds in Peril role-playing game by Sam Joko Publishing, featuring elements from the Avatar Legends role-playing game and Masks a New Generation role-playing game, both by Magpie Games. Tales to Inspire is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and buy cool merch at misconceptionspod.com. And that's it for this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. Thank you so much for listening, and keep it nerdy, y'all.